Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is For Fox Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake, episode 49. We're nearly at the half century, nearly. We can take our uh, helmets off and raise our back to the crowd and all that sort of thing. And we can have like a birthday party slash milestone celebration. I've always wanted to do a live one. You could do it on like um, Facebook Live, uh, Periscope. Oh, I'd have to um, do my air for that. All that sort of thing. Put a cap on. All right. I put I put my Leicester hat on. Hmm. I put my mum's Leicester hat on. It's got a big bobble on the top. And I wear the cricket helmet and then take it off and wave the back to the crowd. And we could do it in a pub. I tell you what. Why don't we start with uh, yes. suggestions? <laughs> let's not, let's not, yes. Where where what, should, where what can should we, do? we do for our fiftieth episode? Where should we do it? Yeah. Where, what should we do? Where should we do it? How? And also, then, can you come and actually just sort it all out? Well, yeah, if, if it's going to be anything technical, because it's just taken me about 20 minutes to get the microphone to work today. <laughs> That's the reason why we haven't recorded this after the game, which we said we would do um, on Twitter and on Facebook and that. Uh, never mind, it's Monday. Um, Here we are. Let's, what's what we're doing? Oh, yeah, Leicester, right. Yeah, Leicester beat Palace. They did. Uh, we might as well just go straight into the game. Uh, first of all, fantastic game of football. Brilliant game of football. Second half especially, Fantastic. Just like last season, which many people have said. Um, but uh, fair play to Palace. Good team, uh, good players, played played well, but uh, but we came out on top. And this season, uh, I think so far, we've been wondering where are the goals going to come from? Vardy's gone, what, eight games without a goal now. You're thinking, right, it's time for somebody else to step up. Moose's first competitive goal for Leicester. Okazaki doesn't get on the score sheet maybe as much as he could or should but but that's kind of outweighed by his work rate, if you like. And, and Fuchs first goal for Leicester as well. So it was it was good to see the goals coming from different areas and, and from different players as well. It was an interesting uh, selection by Ranieri. Uh, Musa on the left, mm. no Gray in the in starting lineup, and then Okazaki in uh, for Vardy because Vardy and King. Uh, took a, a bit of a knock and Morgan in the game against Copenhagen, which we'll go back to. Um, so there was da- doubts about a few of them, but uh, Vardy on the bench. So Okazaki came in and uh, he was alongside Slimani, who obviously playing in his normal role. Okazaki is kind of that link between uh, the attack and the midfield. So basically a number 10. Uh, and then the usual lineup, as we would expect. And uh, Palace dominated the first 20 minutes or so without really causing any problems for Schmeichel. And then we grew into the game and uh, and and I just really enjoyed it. I had a really good time. And uh, and Musa, his first goal. We'll just we'll mention the goals. He had a slow and um, he wasn't really in the game for the first twenty twenty five half an hour. Uh, not really through himself. It was uh, through the fact that the play was on the other side with Mares, who had a good game. But um, he did he did well getting back and uh, and helping out, which he has to from that position. But the goal was fantastic. Everyone in the ground, including, um, I think it was on the fullback Kelly, uh, all thought we was going to slide Mares in, mm. and no, and just thought, I just... know, oh, I'm twenty yards from goal. I am a centre forward. I'm going to smash it past the goalkeeper. A fair play to him for having the confidence to do that because he's not had an awful lot of game time. And he's uh, Ranieri said after the game, he said that he's 
He's not not that he's struggled to settle in, but he's now showing signs that he understands what Premier League football is like. He's seen the improvements in training that he wants to, uh, how he wants him to play in the matches as well. And and then he justifies his first start, albeit on the left wing. We we said he could play as a wide forward if you like, but he was a, a very traditional winger, wasn't he, on Saturday doing the defensive work, like you say. But it was good for him to get a goal even from that position and to show the confidence in his own ability. The goalkeeper, Manana. Um, Mandana. Mandana. Oh my God, I've been saying the wrong word for the whole game, probably. You probably called him Banana. Banana. Something something weird on commentary. I don't know what I've called him. But um, yeah, anyway, him. Uh, What a clown. Didn't even move, did he? He didn't even move. It beat him for pace, which, you know, testament to Musa rather than the goalkeeper. But early on, he scuffed a kick right to Okazaki, who maybe should have done better. I know it was in the first minute or two. So, uh, but they like to, I mean, this is absolute classic pards, classic pardiola. Um, he likes the goalkeeper to pass it to the fullbacks who go wide at the side of the area so they can play out of defence. This is Crystal Palace. Their fullbacks aren't very mobile or technically proficient either. Was it Kelly and Ward played? Kelly, Kelly and Ward, and, uh, and also the goalkeeper cannot kick a ball and looks dicey at best with the ball at his feet. He's a French international, isn't he? He might, he might be a great uh, shot stopper and a good goalkeeper under a high ball and that, but with the ball at his feet, he's not good. I mean... You don't have to be the greatest goalkeeper with, you know, passing the ball back and he's control it, do a few keepy uppies and volley clear. Schmeichel would be good at that, but I want to imagine someone like Fraser Forster would be good at that or or Tim Flowers, you know, back in the day. Tim Flowers. Kev, Kevin Pressman. Oh, exactly. They, 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 they are goalkeepers after mm. all. You know, they're there for a reason. They weren't good enough to be outfield players, so that's why they're goalkeepers. <laughs> Better with their hands on <laughs> their feet. So, um, so anyway, why they were passing back to him the whole time, I have no idea. And against the team who liked to close down, I mean, as soon as Vardy came on, you could see his eyes light up, saying, I've been on the bench the whole game. and Watching Mandanda watching this struggle. Absolute clowning goal. But um, So, yes, 1-0 up at half-time. Uh, great goal. And then the second half was just uh, a great encounter. I think there was over 40 attempts on goal, I heard of stats, from, you know, between both teams. Really? And um, the, the second goal, Okazaki, uh, first of all, again, for a guy who hasn't scored, to, to have the confidence to hit that first time when there weren't many players near him, he could have easily taken a touch. He had to catch it right as well, didn't he? It was coming to him at some pace, yeah, mm. and beating the goalkeeper at his near post. Great finish. And all these, uh, there was a bunch of Japanese fans in the front of the East Stand. And when and they had these uh, homemade banners, uh, and they had all sorts of bits and bobs with them. When Okazaki scored, I just looked over to them. They went apoplectic. Good. I oh bet, no, brilliant! I bet, I bet most brilliant. of the rest of the crowd did as well. Oh, the crowd went nuts. And, but um, and he always celebrates really enthusiastically. He's an enthusiastic player. You can see through the amount that he runs, the uh, the work rate he puts in. Yes, he spends a lot of time on his knees and on his ass. But I I got to. I don't think I completed the full ninety minutes. But I was on Okazaki going to ground watch. Now a few times, and he does go to ground very easily, and then not fouls at all. No, he's just, he's just quite a small bloke, isn't he? But and he does throw himself about. Like he does everything at hundred miles an hour. There was a number of times where he was fouled. One especially right in front of the dugout. The ball's passed to him, and he was by the touchline. And a lovely flick through the legs of the defender to Maris, who then went off. Um, and uh, Kabai stood over him to say, "Get up." Now I don't blame Kabai because he goes over an awful lot, mm. and the referee gave nothing for him now he did wave a brilliant advantage for the gold yeah. and I think it was it was overall in fact 
he was good for that movement. There was a few times I didn't uh, I disagree with a, a number of the decisions, but um, that uh, that was a foul. And by then he could have got cleaned out, two footed, and he still wouldn't have got a free kick. Yeah, he'd labelled him straight away. He he got his number before the game. He he was not going to give anything. And my count stopped at twenty. By the way, really twenty. Wow, you, did, you just gave up at twenty, did you? But pen ran out. <laughs> so. I mean, but, but he made a lot of positive contributions. Let's be honest. Yeah. And I don't think when he goes down, he's ever trying to buy anything. I just think because he does everything at such a fast pace and he's fairly lightweight in certain situations, it's just natural that he spends more time on the floor. It, it's strange that we're talking about a player who's who, which it say if someone came in and started listening to this podcast. First of all, they would like, what's this nonsense? But also they would say, um, oh, who is this new player or youngster who's just turned up in the team? This is a player who played pretty much all of last season, and yeah. we're we're describing him. Do you know? And we we all know what he's like, don't yeah. we? But it's because it's his first real appearance, and there's definitely that link between the midfield and him, and the uh, heat map um, that was produced for his performance, where you could see it was directly in the in between the midfield and forward line, mm. and it's something that we've maybe been missing. Um, yeah, because Vardy and Slomani are both being told to play, albeit different roles. Both of those roles are quite advanced, aren't they? Because Slomani's your target man, your flick-ons, you get it into his chest with his back to the defender. Vardy's the try and get him in behind man. Neither of those roles work if you're trying to play 10 yards off the, the front man. So it is very much a 4, a 4 and a 2. When you've got Okazaki, it's almost a 4 4 one, one. But it is, isn't it? 4, yeah, four one, one. yeah, and he does that role so well and it was massively important to last year's Premier League title winning campaign but do you start you can't always start Okazaki ahead of Vardy or Slimani can you? No. Your, your two star strikers if you like? No I mean that's something for um, obviously for maybe the preview against Spurs but you know would would he be in, in the team we'll have to see. One player who probably will be in the team who started against Copenhagen but against Palace I thought he was superb in fact he was my man of the match and that was Andy King so again, we've bought all these midfielders, but have we had that midfielder already there? Now, that's all very well said and good because King's been at the club for years and years, but he's had to step up. Mm. And I'm not saying that our Marty's a poor player or, or Mendy won't be good enough when he comes back in the team, but Andy King in the last two matches has been fantastic. Yeah, well, I'm, I missed Saturday's game, but I was I, I thought pretty much the same thing as you were at uh, the Copenhagen game on Tuesday night. He put in some crucial interceptions he was just in the right place at the right time quite a lot and I've always rated Andy King as a sort of one club man he's a he's a hard worker technically he's decent with the ball have I ever thought he was Premier League quality not quite maybe or not to the like the highest of levels I mean he's an international he starts for Wales whatever that's that's all well and good but would I have picked him as my first choice central midfielder uh, alongside Drinkwater, probably not. Am I happy and glad that he's put in these performances in the last two games? Yes, I am. Would I start him next game? Yes, I would. I I agree. I mean, I, he, I think he's a Premier League player, but I know you mean at the top end of the Premier League, mm. i.e. if he wasn't playing for Leicester, would he be playing for one of the top six or eight? No. Probably not. Um, when someone like Drinkwater would. Um, again, we could go on. I don't think we'll mention Drinkwater because he's just been just, super... Just a given know, that he's just, had a good game, isn't it? Exactly. And there was a lot of, a lot of press was saying, especially after Copenhagen, because obviously a lot of the British press were there covering it, um, and they were all saying, why isn't this guy not pretty much the first name on the sheet for England? Mm-hmm. It's it's ridiculous. But we'll, we've mentioned that before. <clears throat> One thing, um, obviously we conceded late on against Palace, 
Uh, we'll come to Fuchs's goal because we, we left it when it was 2-0. Um, but nearly a clean sheet. Schmeichel with another really good game against Palace. Very secure in his handling and his shot stopping, his communication. Uh, against Copenhagen, obviously fantastic. And we'll mention uh, that game as well. But the defence playing very well at home, as we all know. But one word for Wes Morgan. Great against Copenhagen, but against uh, Ben Teke, also what a player there because I know he he went off the boil at Liverpool because of the the way they play. Absolute handful, really was. I mean, he's, he's powerful, powerful, and big. He's a good quick, player. Ball at his feet's fine. He turned Morgan in the first half. Just apps did him. Just turned his man, rolled him, and uh, Morgan just he went okay. That's fine. Next time you get the ball, I'm just going to back off. And they did, and let him lay the ball off and then pick up the second ball. Mm. But that's testament to Morgan and sometimes nipped in front of him, but also just a lot of respect for Benteke. Flashing header, hit the bar. That could have gone in the back of the nets. That was a nil-nil as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, just a real big handful. I was mightily impressed with him. Yeah? Um, Yeah. And um, so anyway, corner comes in near post. Out to Fuchs, and if you remember when Fuchs was bought, it was it, it was mentioned he's, he's a technically a good player. He's got, he's, he's got a free kick show, <clears throat> yeah, real, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. He's, uh, from dead ball situations, the technique on that. that I mean, it was that one of them. Was deadly still as it was flying through the air, wasn't it? It was spinning no end when it got to him, mm. and as soon as he hit it, because he hit it so well, yeah. all you could see was the the logo of the ball. Yeah, it just perfect, absolute rocket. There's a number of really good fan videos taken from the corner from behind the cop one in particular which has uh, gone viral amongst the uh, Leicester fans on Twitter uh, it's, it's really good it's, it, he just films the corner and it hits the back of the net and you can see he spins the camera back on himself and starts swearing as well but also you can see the look on his face going what a goal I'm right behind that because he's directly behind it and uh, yeah really good it was right I won't say who it is and this and the other but it's right on the back of the cop Oh, Literally okay. about two or three seats uh, rows in. So uh, if you've seen it, you'll know what I mean. But yeah, very good. Uh, great goal. Brilliant good, goal. Good way to celebrate him signing a new contract as well. Now, I want to pull you up on this. Yes, I'm happy that he signed a three-year contract. But I seem to remember. I can't remember what episode it was. I haven't trawled through the archives. Pete <laughs> yeah, Sel- right. Pete Selby. No, I can't. Pete Selby said once on For Fox 8 podcast that Ben Chilwell had turned down big clubs to stay at Leicester City because Christian Fuchs had about one year left at Leicester and then he was going to go to America and Chilwell was going to be number one left back. He's just signed a three-year deal. Where, where's your information from? I believe that the three-year deal is just a it's a number given to his contract. He's Basically, he's improved, signed improved terms. Uh, so he's he's going to be he's been rewarded for last season, yeah. Because every single first team player should be rewarded with a new contract. And I think instead of just giving a one year deal, it's because if we do sell him, and I believe he probably will go, um, he's such a good player. And also the American league is a, a certain standard and certain size clubs in certain cities, mentioning no names, New York City, um, will then have to buy him. They don't. It's gone are the days now where. Players just get swan off. I mean, they, they still do, but, but go off they for free all to America. swan off for yeah. free. They will have to buy him. Uh, so I think it's a lot of it's to do with improved terms, bonuses, Champions League and all that. Maybe he's had a change of heart and gone, actually, I fancy another, maybe another season uh, on the understanding that he might be really up against it with Chilwell, mm-hmm. who has obviously been promised the, the role. 
There, um, mu- there must have been something said to him to keep him at the club. Oh, definitely. Must have been. Definitely. Um, so, yeah. So, I I think the three-year is just because it yeah. just make it Because that'll take it, what is he at the minute, 32? He's about 31, 32, yeah. yeah so, so he's not going to be... He it, won't be at the club in three years. He's not starting at left-back in the Premier League in three years' time, is he? No. I mean, we've seen what happens to players' legs with Vasilevsky. Your mate. Yeah, and offering people contracts that you shouldn't be offering. I reckon they offered him a contract because he was they were scared. Yeah, well, probably, yeah. I can't call him in the manager's office and so, say, sorry, say sorry, you're off in the summer. Yeah, no way. Um, but uh, that, really good game. And, and the, one, the big difference between two teams, in my opinion, was... In their midfield, um, they had Kabai um, as a as a number ten. Behind him, they had Ledley and Macarthur, and we had King and Drinkwater. That to me was the difference. King and Drinkwater far super uh, superior than Ledley and Macarthur. Uh, rest of the team, I'm not saying they were they were even, but uh, though that was the difference for me. So you think the game was won in central midfield? I think so. By I Danny so. Drinkwater and Andy Drink, King. Drinkwater was, was was superb and King had a fantastic match. So and and that to me was the difference. I was very impressed. Townsend on the wing looked decent. Um, I'm surprised they took him off. Uh, Zaha full of tricks and f- first half especially got beyond um, his man of future. It's, it, they're good players. They are good players. Um, I think they could just do him with improving the midfield. I think Ledley especially. Um, how he gets ahead of King for Wales. Is it just because he does that super stupid dance? But uh, uh, one thing I will say about um, it's not a stupid dance, but celebration wise, the Christian Fuchs Okazaki paper scissors stone. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and of course Fuchs scored and ran over and they did it, and I think he won, so he flicked his ear and he's mentioned on Twitter. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, he said sorry for that. Didn't so that's he? Yeah. the thing: if whoever loses gets their ear flicked. But uh, yeah, uh, just a really good day. I mean, I I left horse. Do you know what I mean? I was I, my voice had gone. Fantastic, a, a re- just a really entertaining game of football. Which in this league, because obviously we've not got the huge nerves of last year, because a lot of I mean, a lot of people, probably us two included, towards the end of last season, you you know when you're winning one nil or that, you know how many one nils on the bounce, they were nerve wracking. Yeah, weren't they? you enjoy it after because you've got the one nil and the three yeah. points, but during they 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 took a lot out of you, didn't they? Exactly, and then after you've enjoyed it for about five minutes, you're then thinking and worrying about the next game and because of what what could possibly happen. Now it's a case of we're going to finish mid table to high, you know, some of the eighth. I still think eighth. Um, let's just enjoy these wins like mm-hmm. we did the season before, you know. Uh, so yeah, really, really good. Uh, but that was Palace. What about that strange music that's played before the game on Wednesday? Was it Wednesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. We haven't played a Wednesday game under the lights, as the song goes. Not yet. We'll have to change the words of that song. What what song? The song about under the lights, Wednesday nights, under the lights, Copenhagen. Just change the words to Tuesday. It's not that hard. There you go, you've heard it here first, so everyone in the East End over there, all, all the lads, <laughs> all the lads in the East End. Rob Hayes just says, just change it. What are you doing? Sort yourself out. I'm on, your, I'm on your side, by the way. I think Wednesday's fine, but Rob Hayes... Well, Wednesday's just... fine when it's on a Wednesday. You go and tell them. No, you. <laughs> no, um, so we'll just go straight into it. We don't need an interlude. Copenhagen. Yeah. My first ever Champions League game, because I missed Porto. Hmm. Just, yeah. yes, it's weird calling it the Leicester City Stadium... Yes, it's weird not seeing or hearing from the Birch. Is all of that cancelled out by that 
however long 60 seconds, 90 seconds of Champions League music. Yes, it is. I got a little bit teary, Pete. I've got to, got to, got yeah, to be honest. You, you did say that when I uh, I went up to the commentary position just before the game, after the um, the music, and you did say that. Yeah, I, re- I won't repeat what I said to you, but uh, yeah, I can't, can't on the podcast. Yeah, not allowed. But I, I just I took I was I was sort of talking over it a little bit, and I took one of my headphones off and just actually took it in for a couple of seconds, and it's just it's a special piece of music, isn't it? It's also the way I like. I, there's many, many, many things about Champions League football which are terrible. Um, the way it's people have been moved in the ground for sponsors. Um, I walked through. I, I don't think I told you this in the last game. Um, I went from our commentary position. We have to go and sort out these radios and bits and bobs at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And I left um, to, to, to go and do that. So it was just before the end of the game. So the game was still going off. And I took a wrong turn in the West End. And I walked into one of the uh, function rooms, which I've done before. By and it's just a function room. It's one of the uh, the bar areas. I walked into a full-blown, like, it's not a rave, but the lights were off. There were flashing lights everywhere. Everyone's hammered on bo- bottles of Heineken. It was a Heineken bar. And it was a proper club. In the middle of the West End, during the game... <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I had to go to do the side. I just walked straight through. Backpack on, big coat on, you know, scarf, flat cap. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you had the flat cap I, on. Oh, yeah, the flat cap was there. Did you get some funny looks or did nobody care? They, they were they dancing. Just... Everyone's dancing. And I'm there going, like, do you realise there's a Champions League? Leicester are beating Porto Have they been watching there? the game? I don't know. I think it might have been on one or two screens. But this was during the game with, like, two minutes to go. Oh, my God. I forgot. I don't think I mentioned that last one. No, you didn't. I was talking to my dad about it. And I said, oh, yeah. It was just the way. And because I had to go and get these radios, I just scuttled through going, this is absolutely bizarre what is going on have I just you know fell unconscious for a couple of hours and and, and it's now two hours after the game and uh, you know all the players are getting smashed but it was during the game that that, that is Champions League football for you but anyway as much as uh, there are weird things about Champions League you can't say this you can't say that and all that when they stop and stand there and line up and then they play the music not just when you walk out then they play it to get the full effect fantastic and also it's very loud very loud. Mm. That's why I, I, I could kind of hear it. So I took one headphone off and I was like, oof. Then it, that's when it got me. <laughs> right. That's, that's when the goosebumps came. So, I still managed to speak, though. Yes. Anyway, decent game. Good performance, I thought. Good team, Copenhagen. Af- yeah, yeah. Solid team. Good team. Just probably lacking a little bit of creativity or flair in the final third, I thought. But in terms of organisation and technical ability, very good team. You can tell that they've gone 20 plus, nearly 30 games unbeaten yeah. I know the Danish league is not the strongest league in the world but but that also includes Champions League qualification yeah. and the first two group games as well there you go it's, they, mm. they are they are a good team and you can see that um, obviously Slomani and Mares came in back into the team after the 3-0 defeat away to Chelsea which will kind of gloss over because it was a while ago but, but also you said to me would you take a 4-1 defeat at, away at Stamford Bridge True. to win a Champions League game and I said yes I would 3-0 4-1 what's the difference exactly and Happen- now they're going to smash Man U and yeah and and I think most city fans would have accepted what, what do you think out there one question that you can reply to either on Facebook or Twitter would you have accepted a loss against Chelsea for the win against Copenhagen alternatively I will then ask you another question what about would you accept a win against Copenhagen 
a week on Wednesday for and a defeat against Spurs. Yeah. So that means that you're completely qualified for the next round. Yeah. But you're going to not just lose at Spurs, lose 4-0. Yeah. Champions League's the priority. I, 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 do you know what? I would as well. Yeah. I generally would. I would lose at Spurs for a win against away at Copenhagen, mainly because I'm going. But um, yeah, why not? And then you've got that. Then you can concentrate on the league. Yeah. And the fixture list is really quite fair after that. Yeah. You know. um, and we don't look like we're going to lose at home. I know I've probably put the Kyber on that. 20 games unbeaten. Best record in the Premier League. 20 games unbeaten at home. Best uh, run in the Premier League by a long way. Uh-huh. And it's the longest unbeaten run since the Chelsea Mourinho days. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about the home atmosphere. It's got a massive part to do with it. People are scared to come to the King Power because of the atmosphere generated and the f- and the fact that we have made it a fortress and so have the players. Now you mentioned atmosphere. Mm. Um, I didn't see the uh, start of the game because I was doing the, the same radio things as when I walked into the Heineken Club. Um, but this was before the game. So when I turned up to the commentary position just about to start mm. and I went, well, there's quite a lot of mist coming in from the old uh, oh, canal yeah. behind and all that, you know, from the weir and, and that. What the hell happened there? Flares. Loads of them. What? I think 42 were counted in the end. My mate Trev, um, he was about two or three seats away from the uh, from the fans. Um, and he looks like he's been on holiday and slept funny on a sun lounger. <laughs> it was... I mean, they do look good. They're, they're bloody dangerous. And that you don't really get much of them in, in English football. Slash any they they like them over there don't they Copenhagen yeah there's a there's a wonder there's an I will retweet this there's a wonderful video made by Copenhagen when they played their local rivals at home and it's a really slick two and a half minute I think it was done for American um some American broadcast or whatever and you've got the whole thing behind the goal with players and it's a brilliant you watch it and go, Wow, that's that's really good. It did look pretty good. I but then good. but then the smoke was a bit annoying. Although security wise it could be a bit better, although you had a bit of an interest in Well, I got my <laughs> I got in to the ground without being shot, having parked my car right outside the door. Mm. This is we're talking mm, what, quarter past five? Yeah. So what, two and a half hours before kickoff. Parked my car right by the door I wanted to go in. Walked in the door with a big silver case. Got myself locked inside. And then walked through the ground and out the door where the, in inverted commas, security people were checking in. So before you've got a pass or anything? Yeah, no pass, no nothing. No, you Literally, no, just did, man on the street. Did not speak to a soul. Man on the street, got into the ground. Yeah, on Champions League night. On Champions League night. No wonder they got some flares in. They could have got a bloody cannon in. It's... it's well, it just shows you, doesn't it? And and I've, I've Let, let's please note that I wasn't doing anything dodgy. Here. No, no. The big the big silver case had all the equipment in that we use for commentary. I needed to go and put it on charge in the collection point where I, where the supporters that use our service come and collect it. But then the door that I walked in locked behind me, so I had to go through, you know, back into the uh, concourse, into the ground, yeah, and then and then back out again. Yeah, I was there for fully legitimate reasons, but the. We don't believe it. Anyway, yeah, no, no. but it, it, it shows you because everything changes, right? Every, yeah. Even like the catering inside the ground obviously changes. And yeah, it's there's a, no beer. And it's a mess. No beer on, on general sale. And also, and I, and I bet a lot of people listening to this will agree, there was huge queues to get in. Massive queues because obviously people leave it later. A, because it's a week 
night game. Yeah, so you always get it. People bit, do you? turn up quite late because they have to, because of work and travel and all that. But also because you might be staying in the pub for, you know, oh, we'll have one here because obviously there's no, you're not serving at the, at the King Power. Mm. And so um, the queues were unbelievable. The one thing I definitely will say is that um, the queues behind the cop, which I saw, which went back almost, well, to the fence, they were massive. But a lot of people, because I stood there, they were kind of shouting over, they want to get us in quicker. Stop, it's too much security. Absolutely nothing like that. It's just literally the amount of people. Mm. You, the, actually, they were going in the turnstile as fast as they could. Yeah, there was nothing. Scan, scan a ticket, push the thing. Yeah, scan a there ticket, was nothing it. to do with added security, as we've just found out. But um, no, it was nothing to do with that. So if you were queuing up and you were saying, "Oh, maybe you didn't see the first few minutes because of this," uh, blaming security, nothing. Just to do volume with it. of people. It was just volume of people, and trust me on that. That's that's what I saw. Um, anyway, anyway, the game. The, the game. What happened? We were we had another not shaky start, but not the best of starts. Like I think, like we did against Palace as well. And then Santander, who we'll probably talk about a little bit more Yay. in the coming minutes on this podcast, got himself injured. When I say got himself injured, I don't think it was anything to do with Robert Huth accidentally stroking his face. <laughs> but he's having an ice pack. He's down with that a, was ridiculous. Words. He's yeah. down with a <clears throat> head injury. Uh, but what it did allow uh, Ranieri to beckon all the players over and do a bit of a team talk slash water break right in front of the technical area. We were markedly improved after that point, and that won us the game for me. And when they, because he was down, injured or supposedly injured, and what happened was we played on. Mm. Now Ranieri was on the touchline, shouting to the players, "Knock it out, knock mm. it out!" And I, my first instinct was, "Oh, you know, a bit of sportsmanship." So I think Schmeichel went absolutely like shouting his head off. Don't, 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 don't do it. Carry on. But then all of a sudden, as soon as they kick the ball out, Ranieri quickly come over here, come over here. So a little bit of a sneaky attack, really intelligent, very wise really. management. Yeah. Kick the ball out because I want to have a word with everyone because it's not working. Yeah. And after that, it did. And and it was sometimes you see them managers have them chats and then you've got absolutely no idea what they've just talked about because nothing changes. You can or or visibly maybe it's a couple of little things that. As the mere mortals cannot see, but the... speak, speak for yourself. Yeah, well, are you are you more, than, more than a mortal? <laughs> now, anyway, the the things that changed were the types of long ball that we were playing changed. We did play a lot of long ball against Copenhagen, but the long balls were had a bit more purpose about them, a bit pacier, a bit more angled, if you like. But the runs were so much better as well. The two wingers, all Brighton and Mares, were making runs from outside to in and allowing Slimani and Vardy to pick up the loose ball, the second ball, which is what we were missing in the in the first half an hour or so. That was the difference. That was how we got to the goal. Vardy clips it to the back post. Slimani nods it down for his mate and Maris just flicks it in with the outside of his boot. Nice and simple. Two players who were dropped against Chelsea. Yeah, combined. Reinstated to the lineup. Ranieri has been proved right. Yeah. And he was also made a massive difference on that game single-handedly by pointing, you do this, do this, do this, change that, game one. Second half, mm. Suleimani, goal or not goal? Goal, 100%. So, seen it on the replay, goal. Now, we had the first game against Porto. The referee didn't cover himself in all sorts of glory that game. Now, obviously, the referee is not his fault for the offside because mm. the linesman has gave it. That is a app is a really really poor decision. What happened to benefit of the doubt for the attacker? The, there's a, yeah, a couple of reasons really. One, how many times do you see a player pass it because he's basically almost level with the uh, whoever whipped it in from the left? 
Fuchs. That, it was a while that, ago now, wasn't that, it? That Leicester player. <laughs> that Leicester player on the left. Whoever whipped the ball in, um, it could have been Vardy. Um, Slimani was virtually in line. So, first of all, he's hot, he's only offside by about a yard because he was just ahead of uh, whoever ahead crossed of the it ball. in. Yeah. But also, he was dead in line with the defender, mm-hmm. right? So, A, it's wrong. And B, how many times are they giving for offside? Hardly ever. Benefit of doubt is with the forward, right? The ref- referee assistant, the linesman, has guessed. Yeah. Absolutely guessed. But if you're not sure on something that tight, and then it comes back after that Slomani's shoulder is half an inch offside, you can't lay into the linesman no. because you're saying that's a really, really tight well, call and he did the right thing in that in that moment, given the benefit of the doubt. In this case, he did the wrong thing. Exactly. Difficult. I'd be saying it if it was the other way around as well. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Difficult decision, granted. But he's guessed, first of all, that Slimani is actually ahead of where the cross came in from. right? So he's guessed for that. And he's also guessed that he's offside in one, one movement of raising his flag. He's guessed on two different things. Mm-hmm. And he's got the first one just right because he was half a yard to a yard in front of the ball. And then the second one he's got wrong because he was actually level with the defender. Um, obviously, a header, great save. I think it more looked than judgment, really. Um and then obviously he had the presence of mind and quickness for a big man. He's he surprised me how well, agile he is in a way. Yeah. Um, Slimani. And it was a shame because if we scored that goal, that could have been three or four. Yeah. Um, and but, it made uh, it into a nervous night. It did, and we and we nearly lost the two points. Well, he's since he's come back into the team, and I think we all agree that Ron Robert Zeeler is a uh, a decent reserve. Oh yeah, to, well, probably one of the best backup keepers in the league. Yeah. But the Schmeichel, what I mentioned earlier about his um, his confidence under a high ball, something which he didn't have at the start of his Leicester career. Um, real safe pair of hands. Obviously, we know his prowess kicking the ball. and A lot of them go over the top of uh, the wingers, mainly because he aims for their feet as they're standing on the touchline. Yeah. So, you know, give um, Danny Drinkwater, you know, 10 opportunities. A few of them are going to go over the top of the head. Um, what a save. I mean, I said it's yeah. the best save I've seen live, mainly because of the time of game, injury time in a Champions League match, to mm. to to save the game, to win to win the game. Yeah, that, it's the best save it's, I've seen. It's yeah, it's really really up there. Uh, he's he's weight as the ball is struck, pretty much is going the wrong way because he's getting back across to the middle of his goal. Cornelius has hit it from what eight eight ten yards, if that really hard. At a height that is difficult to get down to quickly because it's kind of like a thigh to waist height, which if you're trying to save that with your hands when your weight's going the other way, it's pretty difficult. And he's got a strong enough wrist on it as well to put it down into the ground. It's mm. it's just on every single level. Like you say, add to that the moment of the game, uh, the fact that we were all, f- all feeling a bit of injustice about being a disallowed goal and just being 1-0 up. Everything about it made it a massive, massive save. Yeah, I, I, it was, like I said, the best save I've seen live, you know, actually at the ground. So we have Spurs away this coming Saturday in the league. Uh, Spurs have not drawn a game nil-nil for the last 44 games and now have got two on the bounce. So they can't hit a barn door. Um, and Harry Kane's out. They've bought a cart horse from uh, Holland. Uh, what else about Spurs? Oh, yeah, we're coming for you, Leicester. We're coming for you. That didn't work out too good for them. We won away there 1 0. Uh, all the fans are bitter. They came third in the two horse race. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's worth pointing out at this point that Pete Selby's housemate is a Spurs <laughs> fan. 
uh, and will probably listen to this or actually will probably know what you're going to say in advance and not bother. No, not at but, all. I mean, they've got Song Hyung Min who went into our best 11 for last season and has been playing all right. And we've also decided that we'll take a defeat because we're going to win the week after against Copenhagen. We would. It's going to be difficult. No, don't get me wrong. It's going to be a difficult game against a good team as much as we all, you know, we know what happened last year. But uh, different season now and it's going to be a really tough game. Um but you, you never know, do you? You don't, but it'd be a great way to open our away points tally. To, and, to and show that we can actually do what we're doing yeah. at home and replicate that away and stick one over on them. And also, because we've lost away at United, Chelsea, Liverpool, we've got Spurs away and then we've got Man City away. Mm. So that will be the end of the big clubs away from home. Yeah. And if we can get a few wins or some points in the last of those really difficult away games... Fantastic. Yep. That's what that's what we need. So it will be difficult. It's going to be interesting who he picks. Is he going to rest some players? Like you said, he's going to rest Mares and Slimani. Is Gray going to play because he's been out of the squad and out of the team? And you know he's not obviously too happy with that. Um, is he going to bring Albrighton back, who obviously didn't play at the weekend because it's away from home and offers more defensive cover? He brought Hernandez in for the Chelsea game. Yep. Instead of Simpson. Um, so there's a lot of question marks. Um, I believe. He will rest. I think he'll rest. Um, possibly, I think he possibly will play the same team that started. I think he might rest Vardy because he's had that problem, which I don't think is anything serious because obviously he came on and looked fine. But he might just say, "Look, just we'll play with this team, and Vardy, you'll start against Copenhagen." Um, Do you even give a Jara a start? But, uh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd stick with that team, not because <laughs> uh, of, no. not, not because of a show. I'll stick with the team that played against. Um, I played against Palace yep. on the understanding that there's a distinct possibility the likes of Mares will be substituted for someone like Gray. Yeah, and um, you probably want to do that fairly early, like at the hour mark or something, so that yeah. so that one Gray gets half an hour. Yeah, and also Mares is and, and a bit d- fresher. And it depends on on who obviously Musa will come up against, whether he plays Musa or Albrighton. It it depends on what they want out of that. The side. thing is, that's the left hand side, and Kyle Walker is. Going to bomb Renowned on. Renowned for bombing on, so yeah. he might get all Brighton in to do a job there. But does he go? Do you know what we could? We could play defensive. We could sit back and shall we actually go for it? Why not? We are, you know, <laughs> can't be any worse away from home than we have been already. Exactly. So why not just go do we, for do it? Do we go out and stick it to him? So that's the Spurs game, and uh, obviously, you know, it's at three o'clock on Saturday, which is quite unique actually for Leicester. Well, it's two in a row, isn't it? Fantastic. Um, Proper football. So we've got to do our best and worst players over the last few weeks. Mm. Um, like I said, go online, go on um, on Twitter at FFSpod or uh, on uh, Facebook as well. And you'll be able to see the best and worst 11 that we create over the season for players who have played at the King Power Stadium or Leicester City Stadium uh, over the course of the season. Obviously not Leicester players uh, included in that. We've got last season's, um, if you remember some of their performances as well. Uh, this season... We've started off quite slow with it, but we've got a few new entries. Yes, we have. So in the, uh, we'll start with the worst. Can, can I quote Stephen Jameson here, who really? who uh, guest hosted episode 47, maybe? 47, we are. 47, the, the Liverpool one. Why we gave it to a Liverpool fan, I don't know, but, you know, needs must. Uh, he well, said, actually, a Liverpool slash Forest fan. Oh, he's, yeah, he's... he's he actually likes Forest now. They're rubbish. He, he uh, so Steve does audio description commentary mainly at Forest, but we let him have a go on uh, on AD commentary at Leicester Copenhagen because it's Champions League and we're nice like that. Uh, and he said a line that uh, the 
Paraguayan strike Paraguayan. Is that it, is he? Paraguayan striker Santander was as fragile as his bank balance. And I think that is quite a fair summary. Yeah. He was a right wimp. Considering he's six foot two at least. Built fairly well. Mm. He's got flicky hair, spent most of his time on his arse, holding his face when Huth had just given him a friendly little pat. And was all round useless. Yeah, he definitely go. I can't put any more to it. He's useless. Also, um, a guy called Tutu, who um, I don't know whether you saw him playing for Copenhagen because uh, apparently he, he did. He played about eighty minutes. Mm. He played nearly the whole game on the left wing. He touched the ball twice. Yeah, the guy it just stood out there. He's like he won a competition. Is it rubbish? Play with your stars. I mean, he might be married on, you never know. But he just didn't get in the game. He touched the ball literally about twice. I think you were surprised that you actually looked down at your piece of paper <laughs> when he got the ball, looked back up again, said his name, and then were like, well, who's, who's that? I've who's not, not said his name. He's not touched the ball yet. And, and that you, must have been at least half an hour in. Yeah, and you remember a name like Tutu. Yeah. That's exactly how you pronounce it, by the way. That's not. Uh, I know it doesn't look like it on your programmes that you've still got from the Copenhagen game, but that's how you pronounce his name, Tutu. Uh, he's got to go in there because how can you play 80 minutes of a Champions League game, a competitive, really competitive Champions League game, and just not touch the ball at all? Um and that was their problem, really, because they had a, a really good goalkeeper, a very solid, good defence, two mm-hmm. really good midfielders, which we'll come on to in a minute. Yeah. Nothing out wide, and then two lumps up front. Yeah. So that's that, where that's they were the, lacking. Like, yeah. like I said, that, that back four, the, the midfield two were very destructive uh, and solid on the ball. But where you want a bit of flair to come from, it didn't come until they brought on. Um, I can't remember his name now, but the bloke who came on in the free roll. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name, but no idea. Ralk or something like that. Something. But he was the only one that actually hands steady. He's the only one that actually well, no, looked that, like he wanted to that's get on a the name. It is. It is a name. I don't think it's his name, but well, anyway, he, I was he trying was to think of a famous one... Danish person. Like, look, hands, it's going to annoy Christian. me now. Can you get your program? All right, I'll get it. So we are we are in for Fox HQ, where Pete has put up a shelving unit. Uh, that's got all lots of Leicester memorabilia and a plant and an air freshener, but mainly Leicester memorabilia. It's got the Vardy book, the Fearless book, pictures of Leicester lifting the trophy, a picture of Ranieri with a crown on his head, all good. And also the two Champions League programmes. He was number... Ah, Falk, that's him. 33, Rasmus Falk. That's what I said. Yeah, I said Rauk and you said Hans, so we were ni- neither of us very near. But he was the only one that came on, looked to get on the ball, looked to create something, and they looked more lively after he came on. But the rest of them... Well, it says here about... Because um, it has a little description for each player. About Tutu, it says, Midfielder has won the Danish Cup a total of four times. It doesn't say on Football Manager, though. It just says... Uh, yeah, so that. somehow he's stealing a living on the left wing. Also still got the team sheet as well in here. Of course you have. Frame that. Right. Um, so he's in them two are in the worst because they are both crap. Potentially though, two two's a world beater, but we just don't know. I like the fact that we can add Champions League players to our worst eleven this year. Exactly, and we've got uh, one into the best eleven, and it's going to go to the captain Delaney, centre midfielder. Very for, Danish sounding. Yeah, not the Dela- not Damon Delaney for Palace. We uh, we'll speak about Palace because we just mentioned that they're they're a good team and it was a great game, but I don't think anyone really stood out in terms. Of, I think the goalkeeper obviously with his feet, but. No, there'll be someone to make a real rip. Nobody good enough or bad enough to get in. No, no one really stood out. I thought Ben Teke, but I think if he got a goal, even that's, let's just say that the effort that Kabaye scored, uh, if that went in from Ben Teke, I might have given it to him. But Kabaye had a good game, but 
no one stood Nobody out. deserved to be in the best 11. But the this captain, man did, I think, yeah. Yeah, Thomas Delaney, number eight. If you remember, they had two central midfielders. Um, he was quite, the one with the longer hair, Delaney. Yeah, they had uh, William Kist and also Thomas Delaney. And uh, they, they were both very good, but uh, Delaney was really good. Good central midfielder. Um, possibly a good signing, really. You never know. Mm. But uh, just an all... It, it, there, Danny Drinkwater. That's, yeah. what, that's what he was. He was yeah. there, Danny Drinkwater. Uh, and he was excellent. He really was excellent. Uh, very impressed with Copenhagen and really looking forward to the game over in uh, in Denmark. I bet you're looking forward to it because you're going. I am. Are we going to get manage to squeeze in a podcast before you jet off? Possibly. Um, I mean, first of all, anyone who's going there, let, let the podcast know via Twitter. We all know the usual ways. Obviously, uh, email as well for fuck's sake podcast at gmail.com you can email us about absolutely anything tell us that we're wrong tell us that we're right tell us anything you want any questions do with anything at all uh, just let us know via any means uh, we've said previously um, and if you yeah let us know if you're going to Copenhagen because I'm going with a group of mates uh, taking my dad as well um, I've not got a ticket for the Leicester end <laughs> the old man has it him, him, and, uh, him and his mate they've got tickets for the home end because they're season ticket holders but because we work at the ground we don't get anything like that you know we we're very lucky for what we do you know yeah we, we, but it doesn't help us throw away games no not at all so um i'm going to go into the home stand <laughs> i've got tickets for the home end oh and i've decided how have you conned them into believing you're danish um well it, it went through online but um i've decided i'm going to dress incognito Right, so I'm going to go in as a typical Copenhagen fan. So I'm going to go You're in. Going to wear a, sc- a Viking helmet? No, I'm going to go. Uh, and you, you bloody said when I said hands, <laughs> you raised an eyebrow at hands, and you've raised hands, and you've gone to with I'll Viking ra- helmet. I'll raise your hands. Yeah, for a horned vi- helmet. Viking helmet. I'm going to go. I'm going to go in clutching the, the Little Mermaid statue, uh, <laughs> shouting Peter Schmeichel. You know, waving some bacon above your head. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, no, I'm going to go uh, with a. I'm going to buy a scarf, and uh, and I'm going to be setting off 94 flares going through the turnstiles. I think you'll fit right in. Fit right in. Went to the yeah. window. Who I am. Uh, also, the the other two people who are going. Um, I obviously, you might have seen the photos of, of of us commentating or whatever. And occasionally, I stand up and go mad. Uh, I'm not the tallest person in the world. And um, the two who will be next to me in the stand are. Uh, Six foot seven and six foot nine. Fantastic. So, so you're right, you're really going to be incognito with them two. Exactly. Is he the one I met on parade night? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's big. Big fish. Yeah. He's a big boy. <laughs> good. Good luck with that. Oh, you you'd be alright actually. You just hide between them. In fact, they both are there. Were they, they? they were both on London Road. Yeah. Well, I'd had a few beers by then. I probably just thought I've seen the same person <laughs> twice. I don't know. Everyone will be wearing a Leicester shirt. What a great day that was. What a great day. Um, so anyway, yeah, we digress. But we should. I think we're we're going to get one in probably this time next week, so we can discuss the Copenhagen game. We can discuss what happened at Spurs. Uh, so, like I said, you've got a full week now to uh, get hold of us via social media. And or remember, via that email. will be the fiftieth episode. Oh my god, it will be. Well, we might have to just call it the fiftieth episode, but then do something separate. Is there an international week coming up soon? Ish. Yeah, we'll have to try and think. Yeah, so, yeah, we mentioned it at the start, but that it actually is a genuine question, um, uh, or genuine, um, yeah, question. If you think of a, something that we can do for the fiftieth episode, some kind of if we could do some kind of live event, can or, we get a flare? We just stand outside and let a flare off and yeah. go fifty. 
That's not good. I'll tell you one thing. I will end on one note. We will finish this podcast in the next couple of minutes. I overheard a football story in the press room. Oh, this is excellent. I think I think just tell the story and, and that will that, yeah. end nicely. That'll end. Um, I, I overheard this. The former Charlton midfielder, I've completely forgot his name straight away. Matt Holland. Matt Holland. Matt Holland. And I was on, I was on the table next to him and I was just sat there eavesdropping basically. And he told the story about, um, he says... Uh, they're on about people who are scared of things. And he says, oh, yeah, um, I, I, I played with Clinton Morrison, you know, the centre forward. He says, uh, and Clinton Morrison is scared of lifts. And he says, uh, and someone goes, oh, what's, what lifts? What, of getting? No, no, lifts in a building. He says, uh, I stayed with him uh, in Dubai on the 50th floor, 50 plus floor. He says, by the time I got to my room, got changed and was ready to go out, he was literally just getting to his room. He had to climb up every single flight of stairs. He is uh, scared of lifts. A little gem of footballing knowledge there for you from Pete Selby. There you go. I just found it really funny because you what? My first thought: if you're scared of lifts, stay on the bottom floor. Ask for one room. Right? Yeah. Ring ahead. Yeah. What are you doing on the fiftieth? And I bet you that happens all the time. I bet you he never does it. <laughs>